What's up, guys? Welcome back. Welcome to Chiz Ascendancy. <laughs> Sorry. I was trying to go was, three weeks in a row. It was such a strong uh, start that I was like, oh, he's, he's just taking it. Mm-hmm. I like the little slide you did there. Oh, thank you. All right, so welcome back. Like Samuel said, for the third week in a row, three is a charm to the Chiz Ascendancy. You're in episode 17. Wow. So we made it. Um, it's gone by so quickly. I think I say we made it every single week. We made it to episode nine. We made it to episode ten. Oh, we're a decades episode old. Anyways, okay. So uh, today we're going to jump into something that's not talked about enough in my Star Wars opinion. Today we're jumping into uh, everything Count Dooku. Everything we know about Count Dooku. Maybe not every single thing we know, but a lot. Some of the things that we know. Um, and so... Uh, Super underrated character, but also underexplored until just recently. Yeah, and I feel like um, up until the novel that we're going to discuss a lot, Dooku Jedi Lost, which came out as an audio-only special. Yeah, with full cast and everything. It was like... Uh, oh, yeah. What was the... Frit, what was the name of that? Uh, Adventures in Odyssey. Ah. The only thing worth getting up for on Saturday morning on FM radio. Uh, <laughs> and But anyway, so I... I just feel like it rounded out his character a lot. I felt, to me, it made him more appreciable. I just hated his guts and I didn't like anything about him. Uh-huh. But it kind of made him, uh, I guess, without being overly specific in Star Wars, he, it humanized him. Uh-huh. You know? Um, you racist. I know. Me and Palpatine ruling the galaxy. Yeah. I think that um, I think that it really humanizes him and it really gives depth to his character. Absolutely. And R.I.P. to the legend... Christopher Lee, but he's a very, like, I don't know. I don't know if it's because he's so old or what, but there's just, as an actor, um, even as Saruman from The Lord of the Rings, it's he's just not as relatable as he a just, character. Why he just has this regality about him that you just don't feel like you're on the same level. Yeah. He just feels too dignified mm-hmm. to exist. You know and maybe I mean? it's just the limited exposure, like he was at the very end of episode two, very beginning of episode three. He's in the Clone Wars, but you don't... It's kind of like Grievous. Like, I've never had an emotion for you know towards Grievous besides he's cool. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like... I feel like he's a coward. I feel like Dark Side... <laughs> I feel like As Dark Side characters, does. like... I mean, light side too, but dark side, you should feel a certain type of way. Like with Vader, especially in episode five and six, when Empire and Return of the Jedi first came back, you could see the relationship building there between him and Luke. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh my God, what if you could be saved? Right. You know, that's the whole Kylo Ren question. Even with Palpatine, it's like, you have an emotion of like, oh my God, this guy is insanely powerful. You're afraid. You're excited to see him back from the dead. If you're an episode nine hater, turn it off right now. I don't want to be your friend. He doesn't um, mean it. I 100% mean it. Um, so stay for me. But before we get into that, let's get into the news. Yeah, let's let's talk about some news before we get too deep in the Dooku pool. Breaking news. All right, first on the list, and most important on the list for since a long time. Wow, 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 wow. We keep having Mandalorian news, and it just keeps coming. It's just still happening. Yeah. Um, so Mandalorian so season big. two uh, is uh, good news. CEO of Disney, not Bob Iger. Can't remember the guy's name that replaced him, um, but he has said that 
Mando Season 2 will still be airing in October. There hasn't been setbacks and things like that. Sweet. Um, with the whole Rona going on. Uh, so he said it's still good to go. They've already greenlit season three before season two is even out, so that's dope. Um, that's how confident they are. That so it's we will be have more wild. Mandalorian than we ever had in Resistance before the second season even drops. <laughs> R.I.P. Uh, so Mandalorian season two. Here's some news, okay? Tamura Morrison, uh, who is known for his role as Jango Fett in episode two. I'm just a simple man trying to make my way in the universe. Get that your guy. Things. We're leaving. Pack your things. We're leaving. Um, so he uh, played Jango Fett. He has been casted to play a bounty hunter you might have heard of before, named Boba Fett, from Mandalorian season two. Um, possibly, so, possibly. Oh, wait, um, wait, wait for that reference. He was rolling up his sleeves while he's talking to Wheelan. Oh, good job. Yeah. Um, ever been far enough as Coruscant? Possibly. Um, so, anyways, the thing is, Disney. Everybody's like don't believe until I see it. And I totally get that, but Disney's the type of person to not say a dadgum thing until the season rolls out. Yeah, they're And Star big. Wars Celebration and, sorry, San Diego Comic-Con has both been canceled. No, saying they play their Oh, yeah, cards. cards I thought you cards. were saying you are trying to talk and I was talking, oh, so no, no, you, no. you like pulled back. Like I attacked you. No, um, good. So, uh, Tamura Morrison... Is the ripe old age of Boba Fett? Yeah, and so which is a, such a cool concept. What a cool thing! Yeah, what look a legacy! Us. Look at us! Look at us! Hey, <laughs> say it again! Look at us! Look at us! Um, so let's see, Clone or uh, Attack of the Clones came out in like what two thousand and one? I want to say three, three, two. I think it, it would was be three. appropriate if it was two. I think it? it was three because five was Revenge of the Sith. A eh? Uh, it was 2002. Ooh. Good job, Adam. Adam. Hey, pull that up, Jamie. Pull that stuff up, Jamie. That's Adam. Uh, I can't exactly quote Joe because I don't curse. Um, but, yeah, pull that up. Uh, so, 2002, so 18 years ago, he played Django Fett, and 18 years later, still handsome as the devil, um, but just a little bit older. What you? If you can't, if you're just listening audio wise, Sam just gave me a look like I was going to hell. <laughs> so um, he's aged, but he's still got the same amazing voice. With the devil, eh? mm. There's a cozy spot next to the fire for you. <laughs> so uh, it's Here just a perfect story. time. Now we have to talk about this, and you're gonna get irritated. Yeah, let's just the can. Where's that can of worms? <laughs> let's open that up. <laughs> Okay, so uh, a couple weeks ago, months ago, however long, I don't know, Corona has not, I don't, what am I, 35? Am I 50? What's going on? How long have we been doing this? Um, but a certain amount of time ago. Every day I wake up, I feel like I've been in a coma. I don't know where I'm at. Put your boots it on. It's cold outside. <laughs> it's like freaking Groundhog it's Day. It's cold every day. So um, anyways, Rosario Dawson was reported to have been cast as... Lady Ahsoka Tano. That's my Darth Maul voice. Um, for Mandalorian Season 2. <laughs> Darth Maul is a... He's out of breath British guy. He's a doctor from England in like 1850. You've got influenza. Influenza, is it? That's my slippers, I'll catch it too. 
I will take tobacco. And if you can't find my pipe, give me my heroin. <laughs> What's wrong with a little opium? Anyways, yeah. Freaking doctors back then were idiots. <laughs> They're like, so what do you mean the leeches <laughs> didn't work? You have trouble wake up in the morning. <laughs> I was in the middle of my own Did you pee on them? <laughs> we haven't uh, discovered caffeine yet. Just have some cocaine. <laughs> yeah. This will put a pep in your step. How about a uh, cocaine? Perhaps a you little... You know what? Uh, we should make a soda with cocaine. We'll call it cocaine cola. <laughs> you know what? Good Can't God. fall asleep. The 19, early 1900s. It was a wild time. I know. I've seen memes where it's like, yeah, my grandma will talk about all the crazy stuff she did in her day, but she also took cocaine, so... <laughs> Dude, imagine being in England, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go down to the uh, Asian part of town and uh, go into a room where there's like 65 other people on bunk beds that are five stacked high, and just get into one of those and just take a needle to the arm. They've been in the dishwasher. It's safe. And freaking just at that time. pass out. Well, I know that Sherlock Holmes injected it with a needle. I know that he's a fictional character, but uh, <laughs> I expect that uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle does. It, it depends on the way you, you take it. You, you smoke it, and then you, you smoke melt it, it, and stick then it. you smoke it's it. It's a very bomb. diverse uh, narcotic. Do you think they did butt chugs for heroin? <laughs> anyway, so Katie Sackoff has been cast as Bo-Katan. So what is this, Clone Wars 3? Yeah. Quit! Anyway, so this, uh, the... The can of worms. The can of worms is that everybody wants Tamur Morrison to, to be Rex. casted as Captain Rex and instead of Boba Fett. You've or watched, in addition to Boba Fett. If you've gotten this far, I assume you've watched some past episodes. If you haven't, let me refresh your memory. In the Rex versus Cody fight, just how I pick Cody, I pick Rex. Rex is one of my main men. But I'm tired of him in I, everything. I think I'm... He should be dead by now. Let's be realistic. It's five years after Jedi. People are saying that that old guy with the beard looks like Captain Rex from Rebels. And they're like, oh yeah, that's Captain Rex. But that's five more years. In the life of a clone, that's like 25 years almost. So, you know what I'm realizing? I don't think we've ever gotten a specific... You know how dog years are seven human years? Allegedly. I wonder, like... How does that work? What's the what's the accelerated rate? Right. Can you look that up? Hey, look that up. Hey, Jamie. Look Let's that do up. the clickety clack. Uh, but Everybody that's the thing ears. is that um, <clears throat> unless the, you know, I've heard rumor where um, part of what Ahsoka wanted to do after her time on Rebels was to go back to Kamino and try to get the accelerated aging okay. reversed. So it says with the clone troopers, it takes ten years to reach mental physical age of twenty. So it's about so it's double, times two, it's double time. Because Rex is ten years old. Yeah, so that's Wars. still ten more years. But imagine after Jedi for his life, and he's already ancient. Well, okay. So if you've got, pardon my barbing this pen. Okay, so if at, during Revenge of the Sith, pretty much by Order sixty six, which is the end of the movie, Rex is twenty years old, right? And then it's nineteen. Well, let's let's just say, round up let's to say, say twenty more years. He would have been twenty. At the start of Attack of the Clones. Are you sure? Yeah, because he would have been mature. He would have been with 501st. So there's three more years, which is six more years. Mm -hmm. So by the time, at the end of Clone Wars, he's like 26? Yeah. So if he's 26, and then 
the there's 19 years. We'll round up to say 20 years just for the roundness of the number. Mm-hmm. Um, that's 40 more years in Rex time mm-hmm. between that and A New Hope. Yeah. So at the beginning of A New Hope, he's now 66, 66 years old. It's all coming together. Oh See, it all connects. So, and then it's between... an reference for you if you didn't know. Between A New Hope and Empire, it's like three years, and then it's another year between that and Jedi, so that's like it's four eight years. years. Eight years total. So eight years Rex. total. I don't know how much time is between Empire and Jedi, or Empire, or A New Hope and Empire, but it's a few years. So if it's three years, plus one year for between that and Return, so we're looking at eight more years. So eight more he's, years time. you know... That's what seventy freaking seventy four, and then plus ten, plus ten. So he's eighty four. Eighty four by the time of the Mandalorian, if they don't find something to stop his aging, and and that's like you know who's not eighty four, my man Tamor Morrison. Right, you guys and here's, are haters. Here's my thing: is that you know all respect in the world to the the men and maybe some women who fought in like the world wars, but I. See a World War Two vet, they're not doing much these days. Yeah, you know they're. Uh, well, when you see them at a ball game and they're like, "Hey, you know the guy that's going to have the game ball today is, you know, Sergeant whatever, earned the and and I, dude, I'll be at home and I'll stand up. Heck yeah, right. stand up, clap for those veterans. But they're standing there and there's like but their five of them. Season has passed. Well, not just that, but it's like. If there's five of them there, four of them are like, don't even know what's going on. And the other one is like, he looks like he could still do some stuff. But by stuff, I mean like groceries. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not like, hey, protect the child. Yeah. You and know? so it's I, it's just... It, also, the, don't you think Rex... The concept of Rex is spent. Don't you think Rex is he's freaking gotten sick of this crap? He's gotten enough screen time, man. He was in all of Clone Wars. He was in Rebels. He was in... Clone Wars again. Clone Wars again. Yeah, he's he's done. My thing is, and and here's the other thing is that he's he's been cast as Boba Fett, and Boba Fett's already in the show. Just let it be Boba Fett. That's my weird thing is why can't you just be happy for me? I was happy for uh, you guys when Clone Wars came back out. Yeah, be happy for me. Give me a little Boba Fett screen time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The only way I'll be happy if he does play Rex, if he does both. That's the only way. But if he's not Boba Fett, there's and no he way. Is Rex, if he I'm gonna is be... Rex, he's not both. <laughs> if they do that. Anyway, so so secondly, um, Bo-Katan, who is uh, the she was the leader. She was in Death Watch, and then she's got Duchess the red hair. Yeah, Duchess Satine conveniently where your helmet's at, so you can't see it under the helmet. Duchess Satine's sister. And then she's, she's got to get a shrimp like once every two weeks. She's also at the end of Rebels. That's the longest bowl cut in the world. All right, I'm done. At the <laughs> at the end of Rebels, Sabine Wren gives her the dark saber, and that's the last we see of it before Moff Gideon reveals it mm-hmm. at the season finale of Mandalorian season one. So there's the tie-in. There mm-hmm. is the dark saber, the restoration of Mandalore, that sort of thing. Um. <clears throat> Is she? I mean, it's, it's kind of weird because, like, you know, they've been hiding in the shadows. So Bo-Katan was the one that's like, I'm going to lead the people against the Empire. Yeah. And then that's what happened well, to yeah, that because she's... there's a great purge and everybody's well, scared and for their lives. by this time is, and how old what, is she? like, six or seven years older than Ben Kenobi was in A New Hope. 
Yeah. And she doesn't have the force. Yeah. So she dies like a regular person. So it's like, I don't know. I I can see where they could make it work, I guess. But anyways, um, so but Katie Sackhoff has been the person who has been voice acting for her mm-hmm. and looks surprisingly like her. It doesn't surprise me. Um, so she's going to be in there. Now, this is what people have been saying. I haven't seen any rumors or any confirmation or I anything. I hope it's in like a matriarchal capacity. Maybe it's a flashback to The Purge. Yeah, maybe so. So the question is, with Boba being in there, and then you have Bo-Katan, we already have Ahsoka, does this mean that there is a place here for Sabine Wren to show up? Because at the end of Rebels, the whole shtick was Ahsoka and Sabine are going to go together to find Ezra. Right. Or whatever. So is Ahsoka in a flashback? Is she current Ahsoka? I feel like Ahsoka makes more sense in the current timeline. I feel like Bo-Katan makes more sense in a flashback because of the actress's age versus the character's age. Well, here's the other thing for me personally is that the thing that made Mandalorian so successful in my mind is that it was a new avenue in every direction. That's what makes me nervous. familiar, right? right? But it was still so original Mm -hmm. that they weren't trapped by other comparisons to other things because they didn't have any characters they didn't weren't like he's not the same here as he is there and that's why people who aren't boba fett fans are like no i don't want to see boba fett in the mandalorian right and i respect that i just want to see boba fett i don't care about your feelings but um i i think that i'm starting to get a sense of like i i love dave filoni i think he has an amazing understanding of star wars Mm -hmm. i think that he the last four episodes of Clone Wars is maybe collectively the best Star Wars we've gotten under Disney. Who knows? I really enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Rise of Skywalker. But I think that I enjoyed those last four episodes of Clone Wars more than maybe Force Awakens. For sure Last Jedi. For sure Rogue One. Probably more than Solo. I really love wow. The Rise of Skywalker. It's really high ranking. But if you put those four together and make it like, yeah. you know, like an a, hour a and a half movie, movie yeah. it's freaking fantastic. Yeah, it's phenomenal. And it's got Jedi, Sith, and Mandalorian as my three favorite things. These are a few of my favorite things. <laughs> okay, so the question is, does this mean that Sabine is in the loop? I just don't want it to become like a, a Clone Wars and Rebels reunion. Yeah, that's what I don't want. I just want... More new stuff. More new things. More new stuff. And it's like, man, I love the animated stuff. I really do. But I don't... I'm nervous about how well it'll translate to live action. It's not even that to to me as much as, like, that's going to bring the haters out of the woodwork. It's going to bring... Like, I just need a season of... I just need... We will have peace. I just need some Star Wars peace in my life. Dadgummit. We've already got murder hornets out there. Just leave it alone. How about some Star Wars peace every once in a while? God. You know what's going to happen? It's there's going to be a peace declared. And that's when we know that the Antichrist is about to come. Oh, my God. <laughs> As you can tell, we're Christians. All so. right. So we're going to... All right. So we've talked about this. These are our thoughts and speculations and the I would like, news here's about the thing. I would love to see Sabine. I'd love to... Like, it'd be cool. I'd like to see all those people, but... I'd rather not, though. If I don't get Boba Fett and I do get Sabine and all those people, I'm going to rage. Right. Well, then, honestly, if I... I had... guess the opposite of taking my shirt off in excitement, I'll just put a second shirt on. 
put on a nice sweater. A sweater. Um, this is a nice sweater. Thank you. Got it at Target. Nice. I don't remember when. Maybe like 2014. Whoa. <laughs> I've had it for a while. Cardigan. We've been through places together. Cardigan. Hmm. <laughs> it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's As Jack it. Black says. Let's go. We're talking about Dooku. Here's the thing. I wasn't a fan, and I don't think you were really a fan. He wasn't the guy that when I saw his toy in the store, I was like, oh, my God, it's right. Dooku. Like, you know. I saw that one. Uh, but there was the cool episode two toy that you could click the thing, and he flipped, and he had magnets in his oh, feet. Oh, that was cool. That was pretty raw. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. That was right up there with my episode two Obi-Wan toy that had a really crappy magnet in his hand that stuck to that assassin droid. Yeah. Well, yeah, the magnets in the episode two toys were not like, man, it's an invisible magnet hidden in the hand. It was like, yeah, it sticks to the droid. Yeah, it was like literally sticking out of his hand, and also it didn't stick very well. Yeah. The wrong kind of stick that magnet had, to say it like Yoda would. Um, So Dooku is, um, Star Wars does this thing with characters where it's like, we'll give you a lot of the ones you don't like. And not so much of the ones you really like. So I was, I don't know, I felt like eh, I was, at the time... I, I, I was like, do almost, you feel like I was almost Maul? entirely apathetic when I heard we were getting a Dooku novel. Yeah, I didn't really care. Yeah, I was and like, then, I have to listen to it, right? Right, but, we wanted to keep, we you know, even before we started the podcast, especially we talked about the Darth Bane novels and stuff, and, mm-hmm. and we in that episode we talked about now we're always like, did you pre-order the book? Right. Only five days left, right. you know. Um, and You're so, kind of discounted rate if you do it early. <laughs> yeah, like, we try to do stuff ahead of time. Yeah. Um, well, because I, I genuinely look forward to it. Right. You know, and so, I, I actually enjoyed this book that we're going to discuss a lot, and, more than I expected. Yeah, to. it was a, and hey, hats off to uh, Kavan Scott. Kevin I'm not, Scott. I'm not 100% sure how to say that, so if you read this, sorry. Um, but yeah, it was really good, and yeah. I really loved. It's cool how it was presented. Like I liked it so much that when I they ended up turning it into an actual book. Yeah, printed. Book. They printed the kind of like the screenplay uh, kind of thing. Yeah, kind of like what they did for um, Cursed Child. Yeah, is that what you're gonna say? That's what I, was I was gonna, gonna say Cursed Child, and I was gonna say they've also released um, Fantastic Beasts screenplay. Oh, because Fantastic Beasts was kind of like a short story, and now that they've expanded it. Is that still happening? Yeah, that that third movie's gonna come out eventually. But Fantastic Sheesh. Beasts was supposed to actually be like a uh, <clears throat> like a manual almost. Yeah, <clears throat> actually they have that on audiobook. I've listened to it. Wow. It's like a description of the different oh, cool. creatures. Today we're gonna talk about rhinoceros, right? So uh, they released kind of like a screenplay version of that, mm-hmm. and so I was like, oh neat. So they released the same style. Yeah, I like screenplay because of... it looks fat, but I can read it in like three hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of Dooku Jedi Lost and just the cover artwork is just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like the why. Okay, the duality that you get in those pictures. I love. I I like Ventress. Nothing against her. Um, I think she she should have been on the cover of 
Dark Disciple, which she was. But I really wish we would have gotten Dooku and like Sifo Dyas. I would have liked that, but I understand why she's yeah, on the cover. I, 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 you know it. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she, first of all, most of the book is supposed to be through her eyes. It's her figuring out Dooku's past, and I think that Asajj is like uh, more a manifestation of Dooku than probably any other character that we have. You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean? She's the character that he molded. You know what I mean? Mm. Everything, every aspect of her personality, you can basically tie it to Dooku. Like her, either her hurt, I mean, which pre-existed, but it was, you know, inflamed by Dooku. Well, it was amplified and manipulated by Dooku. Right. Dooku is a weird character because he's so influential in mm -hmm. small ways. You know what I well, mean? Well, Dooku's also the guy that as you unpack him more, and I guess we should just go ahead and start doing that. Yeah. But as you unpack him, you start to identify with him more because you know more about the right. character and you start to have more empathy than before because you know more about the character. Right. But you also are unpacking how much more of a piece of crap he is right. than you realized before. Well, and it's like, if you start to analyze his relationships with others, you can see where his politician tendencies carry over even into his personal life where mm -hmm. he's everything he does is a chess move, you mm -hmm. know, even in his relation. He doesn't have any real friends. There are those people that you know that maybe you were friends at one time, but they text you or they call you or they're like, hey, how are you? And your first thought is, what do you want? <laughs> and Dooku is that guy. Dooku is the, like if you text me and say, hey, what are you doing? I know that you legitimately want to know what I'm doing. Is it a good time to come over? Right. Like tonight, UFC fight night. I really want to watch those fights. Uh, I'm going to text you, hey, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But there are those people that go, hey, what are you doing? And you're like, I don't have five bucks. <laughs> like, they're always asking for something. You know what I mean? If I have five dollars, I'd spend it on my own Twinkie. I got a text like that today. And I was like, uh-uh. So anyways, so uh, Dooku, in a way, though, is like, I do feel empathy for him because Dooku is the ultimate pawn. He, like, he is and he isn't. You know what I mean? It's it's like that. Uh, it's like that aphorism: "Hurt people, hurt people." Yeah, you know, like that's true. He, he was manipulated, so he manipulates. Like mm -hmm. that's the only way he knows how to interact with people. Yeah, because even in but the that Jedi wasn't Council, that wasn't always though. That's what's so crazy. Well, I mean, like I'm saying, even as a Jedi in general, mm -hmm. everything that's done to you as a Padawan is meant to guide you in a direction, in a in a, in a good direction, right? But it's still meant to... Everything that's done is done to you. Mm -hmm. You know, there's very little things done for you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I think that that kind of just started to add on to his own trouble to find his identity, you know, in the fact that, you know, you're removed from your home planet. <clears throat> and part of his struggle is that, unlike a lot of Jedi, he does have contact with his home family. He does have contact with his home world. And that's what really... Against the rules. Exactly. That started to really birth that conflict because he's seeing the difference between what it looks like to be a family where you you know, you know kind of do stuff for each other mm -hmm. as opposed to being a Jedi where your life is service. It's a giant service. Like every, Servitude. Your, your whole life is a responsibility. You know what I mean? Nothing mm -hmm. is done for you. Mm -hmm. And when, you're, when you come from uh, a place of... Uh, wealth or coming from a place of like mm -hmm. people have served you mm -hmm. then it's harder I just don't think his personality tends toward um, like I do think he's a pub public servant I do think he has some people's welfare in mind but it's all tied back to him mm -hmm. how does this reflect on my family how does this reflect on Sereno how does this reflect on 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not like well, that's uh, like if you know it's not Walker Wars, Texas Ranger. That's Sorrento in general. You know what I mean? They're very yeah. appearances based. Yeah. So uh, so let's unpack it. Uh, so Dooku, this is kind of Star Wars does this a couple times. So up until um, Palpatine, when is his name revealed? And Plagueis? I don't even think in Plagueis. I can't. I honest. I was thinking about it. I can't remember. I think it is Plagueis. What is that noise? I don't know. It sounds like a child. You hear that? He's watching a movie. Anyway. God. The loudest TV in the history of the Dude, world. Dude, he is. Uh, our dad is super funny because if you do anything. Like, slightly noticeable noise-wise. He'd be like, can't turn that down! But he lives his life max volume. Speakerphone. Speaker, he literally exclusively talks on the phone speakerphone. That volume better be cranked or it shouldn't be on at all. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to back to our uh, con- uh, scheduled program. So, Dooku. Man, we were talking about Palpatine's first name. I think it was revealed in... God, when was it revealed? Freaking Palpatine? Like mm-hmm. his first name. It says uh, Sheev. In the oh in the, the Sheev? Sheev. It's his first Sheev's name. It name. wasn't revealed in any of the movies. It wasn't revealed it was in, in a very novel. many books. Oh crap. That's gonna be weird if they kept it from From Legends. Legends? I think it was just so ingrained that Sheev. I remember being disappointing disappointed, but it grew on me. Was it by Lords the way the, was it Lord fun, of the Sith? Fun fact. Uh, Josiah and I talked about making the name of the show. That's what Sheev said on a pun that I thought up. Uh, the name was first mentioned in the prologue to novelization of Star Wars, and Luke uses the name once in the novelization of Return of the Jedi. Sheev? Mm-hmm. Uh, it says it was finally revealed in the new novel, and in it's the new canon novel, Tarkin, ah, is where it was that's canonized. Right. That's when it was canonized. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dang, that was a really good book. You need to read that so we can talk yeah, about it. Yeah, I haven't it. finished that one. Tarkin, that's the one that, because I read Tarkin, whenever we were like Thrawn versus Tarkin hand right. to hand, and you were like, Thrawn, obviously, and I was like, I know, I know, but read Tarkin. Because there's this whole freaking... Okay, you know whenever you're... Uh, Here, wait now. You know when you're uh, you're looking at Kilimanjaro... And it's just like oh, yeah, touching, the time. touching the peak. Or like the Rock of Gibraltar, where it's like just a desert, and there's this giant freaking turd-looking rock in yeah, the middle of the every desert. Every day of my life, I look at those things. Yeah. <laughs> so Just wake up, throw open the curtains, I was like, there's the Rock of Gibraltar right next to Kilimanjaro. <laughs> Remember whenever there's that Bugs Bunny thing? It's like, you've run the Rock of Gibraltar. Yeah, I don't know why that was such a common... <laughs> I don't know, but it was awesome. Anyways, that time in history, they thought about Rock of Gibraltar like all kids think about quicksand. Like it's something that's really common in your life and then you grow up and you experience it zero times. Yeah. You're driving on any racing game. They're like, watch out for the quicksand. Anyway. Dude, arcades were the best. We're so off topic today. So, okay. In the novel Tarkin, there is a, like, crazy, like, how it looks at the second half of Lion King when Pride Rock just looks like death and there's just thorns everywhere somehow. The land is all the way dry, but with thorns. So there's this place that you have to get to and climb this mountain and stuff. And basically, Tarkin is just a boss. So anyways, that's what I'm thinking of when I'm talking about Fight Night. Mountaineer extraordinaire. Yeah. I imagine he still has those Nazi pants on, though, with the really wide hips. (laughs) 
shirtless, but really wide hips. There was a comic that came out a while back that he was shirtless at like 700 years old. And I was like, who's this for? Somebody. Weird. It's there for the artist, I guess. Weird. It was something strange. I'll talk about that off camera. I don't want to offend anybody. But anyways, um, so, uh, Dooku. <laughs> so Dooku's from Sereno. And the reason we got into all that is because of Sheev and Tarkin and all that stuff. But for the longest time, Count Dooku to me was like, that's his last name. Yeah. But Dooku is his first name. And his last name is actually Sereno. House Sereno. Yeah. Like, so in Game of Thrones, House Stark, Stark is your last name. Yeah. So his name is actually Count, or <laughs> his name is actually Dooku Sereno. Um, but they're so influential, that's also the name of the planet. So he's the Count Dooku Sereno of Sereno. Sereno. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Good one. Thanks. Um, so talk a little bit about when he joins the Jedi, because he's a... Uh, He's a late bloomer. Yeah, so he is a little bit like Anakin in this aspect. He Sometimes comes... I say that because I can't remember. Oh. I know you have a great memory. Go ahead. Uh, so he comes onto the scene kind of like Anakin. He's a little bit older. Um, normally, they, especially by this point in history, uh, the Jedi are trying to get uh, Padawan in like their infancy. Does um, that mean that the child from the Mandalorian would be too old? I think so. But I guess years? it's relative to their species as well. I don't know. It's hard to say. They're what like, if what if Yoda was like too old? <laughs> he wants to be the only one there. He's like also, he's also ugly. <laughs> Look at him; he's pissing himself. <laughs> so Dooku comes comes into the counts or into the order a little bit late. Um, I think one of the coolest things that we see in this book is. Uh, what it's like to be a Padawan mm-hmm. uh, in the Jedi Order because there's not a lot of time spent on that in any of the novels. You don't really get to see very much from the Padawan's perspective in the films. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see uh, them talking to uh, Obi-Wan in Attack of the Clones mm-hmm. You know when Yoda's training him and then you see him get killed by Anakin and that's about it. Um, <laughs> it's you know just far and wide. There's a, uh, there's a weird thing that happens in Star Wars where the typical life of a Padawan would be ABC... But because every time, like, you're not going to make a movie that's like, all right, peace. Like, that's the name of the, you know, that's the whole scroll. Right. Things are great. And here's what a Padawan looks like. So every time we see it, it's an abnormal learning period. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like. So it's cool to be It's able cool to, to be able to see. It. Here's an actual typical right. whatever. Right. And so one of the things that we learned um, that I didn't know, and I don't think Josiah knew either, but. Um, something that probably a lot of people don't know is that Padawans train um, when they're younglings and they don't have a master at that point in time. Right. And so they pass like a smaller set of trials around the time of their adolescence, so somewhere probably between 11 and 13. Mm-hmm. And they fight each other and they kind of basically show the proficiency of their skills. And at that point in time, they're selected by a Jedi master to train personally and that's when they'll start uh, going on missions and having you know individual training and it seems especially from master and apprentice that you know they still have book learning and they have assignments and research papers and stuff they have to do right but they do that secondary to the training that they see from their main master right and it's weird because 
um, I guess that makes sense. Like, I never knew that, mm-hmm. but it makes sense because um, whenever you see Obi-Wan talking to Yoda about where's Kamino supposed to be, mm-hmm. um, which, isn't that so weird that he wouldn't know where it was if they're like the number one cloners in the galaxy? I mean, it's weird if you think about it with the idea that clones are so prolific from like episode two on, but before then, like who the frick cared? Yeah, I mean, it seems it seems like I guess it's not a huge it's, industry. It's mostly privatized. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just crazy. Like, what if it was like, you know? So I'm looking for a racetrack it's supposed to be here in Indianapolis, and they're like, "There ain't nothing." Indy five hundred, never heard of it. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, so um, when you see those kids in there, when Obi Wan's going yeah, to talk to Yoda, none of those would have a none master of them have yet, masters yet, which is pretty cool. Man, that just is. That's there's so many kids in there. Mm-hmm. How many people out there are mat? So, I guess you have to be a Jedi Knight to have a Padawan. Mm-hmm. So, man, there's just gonna be. I imagine that the the farming system is pretty crazy. I don't imagine that you you don't have more than one Padawan per night slash master. Mm-hmm. Is it mandatory that a ma- that you have a Padawan? No. No, because I remember... Dude, because once I would be a knight or a Padawan, I'd be like... Or a, or a master, I'd be like... Dooku took yeah. his first Padawan kind of late. I remember he didn't want one. Yeah. And so his first Padawan, Rail Avaros... Um, no, you can't say it like that. Rail Avaros? Rail Avaros. He's the true son of... The banquet beard. <laughs> He's the true son of uh, Corellia, even though that's not where he's really from, but that's what they make him sound like. Yeah. I don't he know, sounds like a party wise. animal. Yeah. So he, uh, he bends the rules till they're about to break. Yeah. He's like, it's still working. <laughs> um, this room's still intact somehow. So Dooku comes into the Jedi world late in life. Like, so, like, late enough in life. Because um, I imagine, like, if you're three or four, mm-hmm. they're like, eh. Yeah, it was iffy. But um, he's but he old was, enough that he, like, freaking can still, use the remote. Yeah. You well, know, like, and I know that... He knows his family. He knows his dad, his sister. He didn't recognize his brother and his sister when he first went back to Oh, you're, you're right, you're right, you're right. So he was he was young enough to where he knew what it was like to have a family, but old, but, <coughs> sorry, old enough to know what it was like to have a family, but young enough to not remember his family. Right. Um, but, but he knew his, there was something there. And he, <coughs> didn't he know where he was from? I believe he knew he was from Sereno, and that's why they were so iffy about having him there... There was some special banquet or ceremony that was of like galactic importance, mm-hmm. um, and they wanted to have a Jedi presence on Sereno for it, and so they brought you know some of the masters like Yoda was there and some of the Padawans as well, and so this is where Dooku's life first starts to kind of shake up, in that you know he's kind of wandering about and then he sees um, two kids getting mugged essentially, mm-hmm. and so he goes to intervene. <clears throat> you know he's far enough in his. Uh, youngling training that he's proficient using the force a little bit and he's got his hand-to-hand combat down enough to you know fend off the muggers to stop the altercation um and it turns out that those two people are his older brother and sister what if he was like so we started making out (laughs) star wars style so anyway i started blasting them uh (laughs) but they're cody yeah they're you know going through you know what our kids do on serena i don't know uh, be playing party games, winning stuffed animals. Kid stuff. You know. 
so he 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 meets his family, and long story short, he's drawn, he discovers he's drawn to some who building of importance mm-hmm. um, because there, he's having some sort of force <clears throat> vision. Um, and has Yoda taken him on at this point? No, this is before he's been taken on. So he's probably Padawan. like I always pictured him like like twelve here. To me, it was like eight to ten. Um, That's much younger than I imagined. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Part of that's the voice acting, though, too. Yeah. Aw, man. You know, like, you can only yeah. get so young before you're going, wow! You know, and it I just sounds stupid. I love my voice. I love my voice. Um, so, uh, you've got... Uh, but he has this dark side vision, essentially. <laughs> he goes into his... And he doesn't realize at the time that it's his household. No, he doesn't understand how powerful his family is. Or what his family name is. Right. So, there's a... There's a... I don't know. To me, it kind of strikes me as like almost like a temple, but it's like a it was, family. It was gathering. somewhere between a temple and like a like Congress or something. Yeah, you know what I mean. It was just, it's it was not, a very not important to say building. temple like they're worshiping themselves, but almost like Jedi temple. Mm-hmm. Like this was built in their honor, like yeah. an homage. It's a significant building. So he goes in there, and there's this crazy beast. Yeah, that only he sees, by the way. Yeah, and it's uh, it's. It's supposed to well, be... Well, his sister talks about it a little bit. There's like a... There's something in the lore of the House of Sereno. Right. And it's like this weird dragon meets the crazy jaguar guy from Rodel Dorado <laughs> looking thing. And he's like, oh, it moves. Wow, what a crazy tapestry or whatever. And she's like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. And it's basically a dark side vision. And by the end of this thing, he's trying to fight it, but it's not really there yeah. kind of thing. And he pulls... I Very see. episode two of him <gasps> pulling the the ceiling down on himself. And I remember he <clears throat> and he nearly kills himself he, and he his does sister. it on accident and somehow makes the building collapse. But I remember he's trying to rescue his sister, and so he's uh, he's basically just now starting to learn how to manipulate objects with of telekinesis, course. and but insanely strong at the same time. Yeah, but it's like. Uh, untrained but more powerful than he knows yeah. uh and so he's trying to like really focus in on it and lift a bunch of rubble and to his surprise it shifts until he looks on the other side and sees that master yoda is the one moving all the rubble and rescues yeah, yeah, his yeah. sister um, that was funny but so, that's it that's kind that's of his kind of first ins- brush with the dark side insight into kind of almost his kylo ren calling to the dark side you that it's courting it. him you beat me to it sorry that but it's courting him, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's actually calling to him personally, and that's a very rare occurrence. <clears throat> right. That something so significant would happen in the it's, life of a young It's a rare occurrence because a lot of times you look and the dark side calls to you, but it's an individual that needs your attention. Mm-hmm. That's a manipulator. But this is just the, the dark side itself. Yeah. And what's weird is the, the dragon or beast or whatever that he sees that's in the family mural mm-hmm. that he fights or whatever, <clears throat> it's like that thing... To us, as a reader, knowing Star Wars lore, we're like, oh, mm-hmm. that's the dark side. That's what they're describing right there. That's trouble. Mm-hmm. But it's in the family lore, it's kind of like when this stuff happens, chaos ensues. Right. It's like it's it's all kind of disorder, mm-hmm. but we know it as the dark side. Mm-hmm. And so, anyways, as he gets older, he becomes best friends with Sifo Dyas. Yeah, they're friends as younglings. They kind of get in trouble together. And uh, that was another pleasant surprise was the unpacking of, of not just their relationship, Dias. but I've always wanted to know more, more about, about Sifo Dyas. Yeah, and what's crazy is um, when they were writing Attack of the Clones, George Lucas almost wrote Sifo's name as Sido Dyas, as if it needed to be more confusing between him and Sidious. 
<clears throat> so learning more about uh, Sypho was cool, and they get into shenanigans together, and they're they're very much they reminded me of the mischief managed crew mm-hmm. from Harry Potter uh, because they're like okay, so there's a secret. It's very Harry Potter in this mm-hmm. section of the book where there's a secret place in the Jedi Temple. And Duke who's going to super <laughs> sleuth him out. Yeah, and and there's a portion of the of the library that holds it's uh, you're not supposed to be able to get into there and he uses his sand bending training to unlock the door. Yeah. Uh, and at this point in time he's kind <laughs> and of it holds the prophecies and it holds a lot of the dark side stuff. A lot stuff. of the dark side artifacts and which One is so weird Jedi that they would have that kind of stuff because he brushes with is yeah. Lena Costana. Yeah. And he actually believes her to be a dark side user mm-hmm. for a while. Because she studies that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> he starts to become obsessed with prophecy. Mm-hmm. And Yoda's very like, yo dog, don't be looking at that stuff. Because mm-hmm. to be obsessed with prophecy in their eyes is to be obsessed with the future. Right. And to be obsessed with the future is to want to change or control the future, which right. is a dark side trait. And I've spent some time contemplating this. And this is kind of the conclusion I've arrived at. The reason that's considered a dark side trait is because the Jedi are about submitting to the will of the Force. And when you're seeking to know the future, you're seeking to control the future. Which is not submission. Which means that you're seeking to bend (coughs) events to your will as opposed to being an instrument of those things. Right. Um, And so the Jedi are very opposed to such an ideology. And it's something they discourage, you know, seeking out. They call them the mystics, the persons who would actively seek out visions and and try to which was a big deal in the early jedi teachings right and they kind of pushed away from that right and when he learns that this is the way that the first jedi did stuff and now we're away from that he starts to see that side of things coupled with the fact that they were so heavily involved with the politics of the republic Mm -hmm. and from a pretty early age it starts off really small but from an early age you start to see him be a little bit frustrated with the the way of mm-hmm. the, the council the council's run and so <clears throat> he has his first um padawan before qui-gon jinn mm-hmm. whose name was rail avaros that's the guy that you were talking about earlier mm-hmm. and he starts to teach rail kind of the old school way here's what you should be doing here's mm-hmm. what you should be concerned about it's, let's let's talk a little bit about the yeah, prophecy it's interesting to see dooku uh as a master outside of the dark side, because he's really trying to shape Rail into being someone who thinks for themselves, thinks mm-hmm. more independently, and that's very evident in Rail's personality. Um, by the way, somewhere between here and there, Yoda picks Dooku to be his Padawan, right, which of is course. a rare honor. Mm-hmm. Like everybody was surprised because he he's wanted the high to be, council member, right? And he wanted to be Kostanis. picked by Lena Kostan, and he was disappointed when she picked. Uh, Sipodius, and he felt dejected because he was obviously the strongest Padawan in that uh, series of training. Yeah, it wasn't even close. And he felt like maybe everybody was going to pass him up until Yoda came up later and selected him. Right. Um, And that was an interesting uh, look into his life because Yoda's training was so unique. Mm -hmm. And Yoda was so Yoda when he did it, but he was basically forcing Dooku to learn lessons for himself. Mm-hmm. You know, challenging him to the extra degree where Dooku was frustrated because he saw his friends getting actual instruction he, and Yoda was pulling like, it out of him. He felt like... He almost felt like he was insignificant. Yeah. Well, it, he wasn't to, worth to his me, time. To me, 
if I put myself, this is how I read it, and part of that might be because of my personality, but to me it felt like, okay, so you're going to pick me so you get the credit because I'm the strongest character, I'm the strongest Padawan, mm. but you also don't want to take the time to teach me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, so you don't want anybody else to get the credit for teaching me because I'm the strongest. So you wanted to get that credit. Yeah. But now you're too important to spend time with me. Well, and at the same time, I think about his natural desire for power. Mm-hmm. And he knew that being Yoda's Padawan would be a sure road to becoming more powerful. Yeah. And then he felt like he wasn't getting any of that that he expected to get. Right. And, and, but, and Yoda sees that too. Yeah. And so Yoda's kind of like, hey, I need you to learn humility before I can teach mm-hmm. you anything else. Um, so it's interesting because I guarantee you by the end of everything, they have a very strong relationship, Mm -hmm. but we've never really gotten to unpack that even through these novels that have come out, Master and Apprentice and between Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray and Dooku Jai Lost by, uh, Kevin Scott, those have really, really increased my, my interest in Dooku Mm -hmm. and in the depth of his character. It would be cool to get a Master and Apprentice (laughs) version of... Yoda and Dooku almost. That would be sick. That would be cool. Um, so you've got his first Padawan after, you know, he becomes a knight mm-hmm. and a master. Um, and it's like very, there's no struggle there. Yeah. You know. And it should be noted at this point, Dooku is one of the most powerful members of the Jedi Order. Yeah. He's, he's the one who's in charge of instructing all the lightsaber mm-hmm. uh, forms in combat. He was, to quote you, he was Mace before Mace was Mace. Mm-hmm. And um, I would love to see that head-to-head. I know we talked about that a little bit before the episode started. But um, he gets offered a seat on the council, and it's it's almost like a placation. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, not placation like you stay right. home, but like to placate to him right. because he's starting to really pull out of the Jedi Council or the Jedi Order mm-hmm. and... He's, like we said, he's keeping in contact with his family at home. He's very interested in politics. Mm -hmm. He's very naturally manipulative. And I think that the Jedi Council sees, here's a strong character. Here's somebody who we really need his mind. We really need his thoughts. And he's an amazing spokesperson. Well, and it's apparent that the Jedi Order values diversity as well. Yeah, they value the, the diversity of it. But it's almost like a... Similar to Anakin, let's reel him in a little bit and mm-hmm. give him a couple of crumbs. Right. And unlike Anakin, who was like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, we see foreshadowing of what Qui-Gon was like, where mm-hmm. Qui-Gon says, I'd rather keep my own way of thinking if you're just going to keep, you know. Mm-hmm. I know you guys aren't going to change your mind. I'm not changing my mind. And he kind of gets that. Rail and Qui-Gon share so many of Dooku's um, qualities. Yeah. Uh, strengths and weaknesses. And so he gets offered a seat to the council. He turns it down. sifo does not turn it down. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually he leaves the Jedi Order because he believes he can do more good in the galaxy as a politician mm-hmm. running the, the, the planet, the homeworld, his homeworld of Sereno. Yeah. And from there, his disenfranchisement with the Jedi with their corruption, with their... He feels like they're almost like a dog on a leash held by the Republic. Mm-hmm. That they're not doing their own thing. They could be growing more powerful. They could be growing wiser. But everything they're doing is whatever the Republic wants. Right. Let's make the Republic happy. And he was not happy with that. Right. And it's... Uh, in between all of this, there are important things happening. There are events where he gets to reunite with sifo and go on a mission with Lena Castana. Mm-hmm. And he has another one of those braces with the dark side mm-hmm. you know and then you see him while he's training Qui-Gon maybe this was in Master and Apprentice but you see where 
there's uh, an assassin that Qui-Gon chases down and Dooku's catching up mm-hmm. and uh, Dooku, oh, yeah. you know, catches up and protects Qui-Gon from being killed. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think he uses force lightning in this, he kills in this scene and he, he relishes it though. It's overly violent and Qui-Gon was kind of disturbed by it. And so we're seeing, you know, leaks of these characteristics where he values the power, he values... Uh, maybe a little bit more recompense mm-hmm. as opposed to soft justice. Well, like, it's weird because he he enjoys the, you're going to pay for what you did. Right. And Qui-Gon is like, yo, what is that about? Mm-hmm. But what's crazy is if you look at the larger timeline of Star Wars, that's exactly what Yoda and Obi-Wan are wanting Luke to do. Mm-hmm. If you encounter the Emperor and, the, and Darth Vader, you have to kill them mm-hmm. for what—not just for what they've done, but to the stop the evil. Left alive. You know, yeah. And I think that that's what Luke, that's what sets Luke apart as a Jedi is. I would rather I would rather seek peace, maybe even to the point of death, to mm-hmm. sacrifice, um, to see the to see the good, to see mm-hmm. the hope in things. Um, and you so, see Dooku start to distance himself over the course of these events by even beginning to wear more traditionally Serenian uh, clothes, where mm-hmm. he's dressed nicer. He kind of rejects the, Some the Jedi of the garb. more casual look, mm-hmm. and he's starting to move that direction even before he removes himself from the Jedi Council. And when he when he creates his own lightsaber, it's a very alarming to Yoda because he chooses that curved handle because it's very aggressive. As Palpatine would say, it's a, it's a one up. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Yoda's thing to Luke is a Jedi only uses the Force for protection and defense, and here comes Dooku, who's already stronger, who's already more powerful, mm-hmm. who already has those traits that tend towards self preservation, yeah. and he's going to create a handle, um, based on something that he had seen in the past that was very more. It was an offensive style weapon. Yeah. And I think that was kind of a red flag. Red flag uh, that he just kind of overlooked. Mm-hmm. He saw it, but he was never like confrontational to Dooku mm-hmm. about it. And so by the end of uh, Jedi Lost, he's back on Sereno. He's stopped this big uprising, and he is—he's just sticking around. And uh, later on, after that, because in like you said, a master and apprentice, him and his first. Um, apprentice Rail Avaros uh, are talking and they're concerned for his place within the light mm-hmm. because he leaves and they're thinking man now there's really nothing morally and there's no one above him accountability wise like imagine you're in the Jedi and you don't take a seat on the council so now all of those people kind of hold sway over you mm-hmm. Yoda is still obviously alive he's right. your master and when you're a master you're a master for life you know right. what I mean like you see Obi-Wan multiple times, yes, Master, to Yoda, yeah. you know. Uh, and then you go from that to, well, I'm in charge of a planet now. Right, and it's like, it was Dooku's way of kind of going over the Council's head in a power move. Because as a Jedi, he's subject not only to the Jedi Council, but he's also like a servant, mm-hmm. you know, to the to the Senate. A servant to the galaxy the and, and, and whoever's the Chancellor, whoever's the head to of democracy! That. Exactly. But as a leader of Sereno, now he's influencing not only a planet, but he's influencing systems mm-hmm. and greater parts of the galaxy because that's a rich and wealthy system. Mm-hmm. And for him to immediately and, go to the head of that yep. means that he individually holds a lot of power. A lot more sway. And so you see him 
do his own thing that way. And that's not really influenced by the dark side as much as, I got to get out of here. I don't believe in what these people are doing. Mm -hmm. But the death of Qui-Gon to him is the ultimate. He felt, um, this is more from legends, and I can't really prove that it's in canon still, but um, there's a book called Labyrinth of Evil, which is kind of right before Revenge of the Sith. um, And Obi-Wan's talking to um, Yoda because he kind of wants to know more about Dooku because it's kind of personal to Obi-Wan because that's Qui-Gon's mm-hmm. master and he wants to understand what's going on. And he says in that book, which is really interesting to me, Yoda says that Dooku warned the council about the shroud of the dark side falling and that there was that there, the power of the dark side felt closer to the surface than it had before. And it was Dooku's death that, or Qui-Gon's death that caused Dooku to leave. In the old school, mm-hmm. in the legends con- uh, content, yeah, from the books, uh, Master and Apprentice specifically, we know that Dooku had left. He had the left Jedi previously Order before even Episode One took place. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, but in both areas, it's we're not doing things right. Something's different. Something's wrong. We've got to change. Mm-hmm. And they're turning a blind eye, and he's frustrated, and he leaves. But in both legends and canon, it's the death of Qui Gon that is the turning point that he's. I've got to. I gotta join mm-hmm. this dark side to do what's right. Right, and it's interesting to see him in a paternal light in that way because you see him basically as just a manipulator, just somebody who's looking for a mm-hmm. way to get one up. But in his relationship with Qui Gon, especially you know when Qui Gon's a, a lot younger, mm-hmm. that he cares about him, that he wants to protect him. You know right. that um, he's even trying to shape him to be his own person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a side of Dooku you don't really get. And at the same time. You know, I know it's been a long time later, but by the time of Attack of the Clones, he's using Qui-Gon's death to try to yeah. manipulate Obi-Wan. Yeah. And so you see the more human side, the more we get Dooku's story, mm-hmm. but it's showing some good side, but it's showing a lot of the dark. And I think you kind of made this point earlier, but I was kind of thinking this. I don't know if I mentioned it to you, but Dooku, to me, is what Kylo was set up to be if Palpatine had turned Rey to the dark side. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I see where you're going with that. Rey has... Man, this is going to piss some people off. Rey, in Palpatine's eyes, has more potential than Kylo. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of sick of the Skywalkers. Also, Palpatine's like, "Uh, yeah, my legacy. Yeah. Uh, He's sick of the Skywalkers. He's sick of trying to work with that bloodline. And... He wants to turn Ray on Kylo. What's that face? Huh? You don't agree? No, I don't disagree. What's what are you thinking? You just said something funny. Um, but I think an interesting thing to realize about Dooku, especially in this storyline, is that oh. he would turn and manipulate <laughs> right now. his best friend growing up. Mm-hmm. And actually even end up killing him to meet his own ends. Yeah. Sifo-Dyas was his best friend as yeah. a Padawan. He was his best friend in the Order even as an adult. Mm-hmm. Even as a Jedi Master. Mm-hmm. And he would manipulate Sifo-Dyas' foresight and force visions. Mm-hmm. To, to create turn the him, clone army. To create a rift between him and the Jedi Council. And to get him to basically just get his hands dirty. Very much like we see Attack of the Clones where he uh, you know, hires an assassin who hires an assassin who sends bugs. Uh, 
you know, just this very, you know, imagine Dooku goes in and just like destroys Anakin and Obi Wan to kill Padme, but he hires a dude who hires a chick who's like, you know what chicks hate? Roaches. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? It's like just a very Dooku thing. Yeah. Where he's trying to distance himself, obviously, for political reasons. He's playing reasons. chess. But it's his best friend. I think that's the most heartless thing we see from him, mm-hmm. that he would sacrifice that relationship and the life of that person mm-hmm. merely to be a pawn, merely mm-hmm. to just be a, a means to an end for him. And it's, it's crazy because at the same time, I feel like there's a part of Dooku that thinks this is the only way to make things work. Yeah, but it's still done with a callousness. Yeah, for know, sure. That really marks how much it's his just, heart has It's changed. just strange. It's like Anakin's... I don't know. It's weird. To me, in a way, even what he does, even though it's so heartless, and I completely hear what you're saying, but as far as the end goal of this will make everyone's life better mm-hmm. seems less selfish than what Anakin does. Anakin is... I'm going to kill everyone in the galaxy if it takes it to save Padme's life. Right. And Counts is... I'm going to kill this one person to save everybody in the galaxy. Yeah. So it's weird. It's a weird thing. It's more... To me, his life is more... Almost more tragic than Anakin's. But Anakin is the more relatable character that the whole saga is built around. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then at the end, like... Did did he think that he was going to, like... Rule next to Palpatine's side, next like to eventually. side. I mean, he already had a whole planet, so yeah, that's a pretty good start. And why didn't he sing like a songbird whenever his hands were cut off? I'd be like, it's this guy. I would reference Dooku Jedi Lost, where Lena Castana teaches him the Jedi Force ability to block out pain, which he also teaches to Qui Gon. No, I'm not saying that he was so in pain. I'm saying. To save his skin. Oh, okay. I thought you were like, why doesn't he scream? His hands are cut off. No, no, I'm saying, why doesn't he gotcha. sing? Why doesn't, why doesn't he, he snitch? sing? Like, yeah, snitch. Because, like you said, his whole motivation is the end goal. He doesn't care what the means are, so I guess... So you think he still... Maybe he still believes in the cause. I think maybe he, he just... Could, he could still believe in the end goal, and he's looking at Palpatine like, yo, I thought we were going to finish this thing. I think maybe he was just too shocked and betrayed. You know what maybe. I mean? Also, yeah. they don't give him a whole lot of time to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. You know? Palpatine's I mean, like, kind of. Palpatine's like, kill him. Kill him. Do it. We shouldn't. It's not the Jedi way. Do it. And the whole time, he's like, you know? Yeah. You know I, what I would have freaking loved? And I know that it was so important to see Anakin kill him as like a, another as a, step towards yeah, the dark another side. turning point. How sick would Dooku have been during Order 66? lightning out of his stumps. <laughs> Oh, that would have been cool. Do you need fingertips? Mm. Mm. These are questions we have, George Lucas. <laughs> would it be like force instead of lightning because of it's coming from... The, would it be force like Ray? Like, bowl? Like, not Ray like the girl, but yeah, Ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would it be force this? Maybe. Force microphone? You know what I wonder? If like in Avatar The Last Airbender, you can see firebenders like... You know, like shoot fire in the oh, mouth, yeah? like force lightning out of the mouth. Dude, imagine That'd the rage and all the haters if Sidious had done that in episode 9. That would be so funny, though. Force. How funny would that Lightning be? breath. I'm here for it. Lethal I'm still breath. Cool. Yeah. Director's cut, JJ. You can still make it. I'm into it. <laughs> Ian McDermott will come back. You already know that. Um, 
But I would have loved to have seen him during Order 66. It would have been cool. Although he would not have been remotely as successful in the Jedi Temple as Anakin was. No, no, no. I'm saying I would like to have seen him fighting the clones. Oh, as a Jedi? Mm -hmm. I thought you were saying as... Not as a Jedi, just as, like, they were trying to kill Maul. I thought you were saying, like, as, like, Palpatine's right hand going into the temple where Anakin was. Why don't you think he would have been successful? Because Anakin had the endless element of surprise? Anakin at the end was absurdly powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I think Dooku could kill anyone in the temple that Anakin killed. I don't know. All I'm saying is, that's like the collection of the most powerful force users in the galaxy, and mm-hmm. you just walked in there with some clones and didn't die. Yeah. You gotta I, think about how many Jedi he killed. I played Battlefront 2, and <laughs> once those once those dudes with the double-bladed lightsabers drop down right in front of you, that's uh, game over. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, remember when you're playing as a clone trooper and you're like... We have to protect the library. And you're like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. You're just waiting by the freaking shelves. We're talking about the old version of Battlefront 2, the better one. 2005. Um, but I'm saying, what if he had survived and it was like... It would have been cool to watch him versus shred clones. Some clones. He would have shredded so many clones. Yeah. Um, it would have been cool. It would have been cool. Also, I'm very curious about Order 66 now because two things. Did he make so many calls... What do you mean? Like, he didn't just... He says, Oh, Commander Palpatine? Cody. Commander Rex. Oh, yeah. Commander, you know? Yeah. That's a... Yeah, that's a... Man, I've had to, like, make... Pre-recorded, five maybe? Five phone calls in a day, and I'm like, Oh, my God. I know. He must Will have this been, day never end? He must have been exhausted. A week later, Commander... <laughs> like, how many... He's still not done. You know? It's called the 501st Legion. Does that mean there's 501 legions? You know what I'm saying? Anyways, uh, my other thing was... Um, Order 66 talks about Jedis, but they are going to execute Maul. And Ahsoka. And Ahsoka. I don't know. So, is it just Force users? I don't know. Maybe, How uh, does Anakin get off the list? Because he's now Darth Vader. He changed his identity. Correct. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, was he like, You are Darth Darth. Hmm. Veda. Veda. Let, me, let me change your LinkedIn because we don't want you getting shot now. I don't know. He you would know? have. He's he's the most brilliant person in the galaxy. He thought, he thought through it. Obi Wan's driving and it's like you have a friend request on LinkedIn from Darth Vader, and he's like, "Who's this?" Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't Anakin? think so. <laughs> uh, anyways, LinkedIn Star Wars jokes. You heard it here first. Um, but yeah, I would have loved to have seen Dooku survive Order sixty six. Binkle, it's a cool thought. Because I guess he would have been in prison on Coruscant. Yeah, he'd be pretty screwed. I don't know. I think he was powerful enough in the Force. Force lightning, brah. Force and lightning. And it was her sister. And it was her sister, bro. The <gasps> Wicked Witch of the West. A princess. Yeah, Force lightning would have been raw. Yeah. If Maul could survive... I think Dooku could have gotten out. Who wins in a one-on-one, Maul or Dooku? I don't want to say. But Go Dooku, for it. Dooku is the king of running away. Yeah. He, no, Grievous is the king of running away. Yeah, but who trained Grievous? Dooku, the actual king of running away. <laughs> the Wicked Witch of the West, bro. <laughs> Grow up! Um, man, I think that Dooku... Dooku's we never a better saw Grievous duelist. successfully run away from Yoda. It's true. Gr- uh, Dooku's He's... a better duelist than Maul. I agree. 
Lightsaber combat wise, he is far in a way better. Maul does not have Force Lightning either. No, he does not. But he's fast as freak. But Maul also lost to he Ahsoka. hates Duco or Duco. Duco. He hates him. Yeah. Because there is the whole Maul beats Duku and Grievous thing, but that's with the health of help of Mandalorians. In uh, the Son of Dathomir I want to say Maul because I like him better. There. It's interesting. It's a close call. All right. Well, let's wrap it up because we're 600 years into this thing. But we wanted to tell you more. Eventually, I really do want to get into a compare and contrast between Jason Solo and Darth or uh, Kylo Ren. All right, let me read all the books, including Jason Solo. I'll get back to you in six months. Jason Solo. All you got to read is um, the Legacy of the Force series. Amazing series. Maybe the best series. It's really good. Uh, and it's cool because it's written by three different authors. So uh, they each have a character that they specifically wanted to bring back, like Wedge, Boba Fett, this person. I don't know who the third one is. I can't remember. Oh, uh... I know who it is. I just can't remember her name. It was the best series. I barely remember it, but it was great. It's really good. But anyways, Aaron Alston, R.I.P. Uh, that that author actually passed away after that se- that next series was done after that. But anyways, him, Karen Travis, and Troy Denning, they alternate. So it's like Wedge Antilles is in this one, then Boba Fett's in the second Which would have been book. Karen Travis's book. Yep. And then also clones are in that, that later in the books. And then you have... Classic um, Karen. Yeah. My favorite. And then Troy Denning has... Of course um, he loves the clones because she's attracted to the concept of a manager. What do you mean? All the clones answer to authority. Oh, that's funny. Karen, good job. Good job. The deep cuts today. All right. We'll see you guys next time. May the force be with you. And remember, the only family you have here is me. You gotta put that sound effect in. I'll do it. All right. See you guys. Bye.